This is the Who's to Say podcast with your struggle bus captain, Grant Sheffield. guys welcome into the podcast it's your struggle bus captain here grant sheffield and uh the lebronto raptors got destroyed by lebron james of course that uh final score of the last game was 128 to 93 and uh the raptors got swept they got swept which uh made me think about something That's right. Got swept. Going to the crib. All because of one man, guys. One man. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. Thank you. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. What's his name? I always forget. LeBron James. That's right. Okay. Exactly. But, like, the thing that's hilarious to me is, like, Drake was at, like, the first two games or whatever, last two games, he had stuff he had to do. He he knew what was going to happen. What's amazing about the series is this. I looked at the stats, all right? I got this photo in here of what happened, like, overall playoff-like stats. Your boy LeBron, him versus the two biggest players on Toronto that were healthy. Uh, LeBron James had a 136 points. 33 rebounds, 45 assists, all right? Solid. On 57 of 103 shooting. So that's probably, what, a little bit more than 50%. So he's doing good as far as shooting. He's probably like 54%. Then you jump over to DeMar DeRozan and Cal Lowry. Points, 138. Rebounds, 30. Assists, 46. Field goal. 53 of 108. That's two dudes combined for that. LeBron almost mirrored their numbers. And he's just one guy. He's just one heartbeat. Two dudes had about the same stats as one guy. Like, I don't know why we do this thing with the Raptors every year. Like, is this going to be the year the Raptors are going to make it out of the East? No, it's not. I feel like the Raptors, Toronto will be better off just getting rid of the whole basketball team, all right? They haven't been, like, actually good probably since Chris Bosh left. Like, you know, like, oh, I want to see this team play. They haven't been good since then. One thing Canada can do, I wish they would do this, get the Vancouver Grizzlies back, all right? Shout out to Mike Bibby, wherever you are, uh, because right now the Raptors are a laughingstock. And the uh, most ironic thing <clears throat> about the Raptors is like they had like their best season of the year, got swept by LeBron again, and their head coach, Dwayne Casey, he got coach of the year. He got coach of the year. And he got swept like 4-0. A professional basketball team. Uh, so these are the best players in the world. Lost four straight games, not only at home, but also in another town. That's two, three days of rest break. They lost four straight games. Like in the NBA, if you have 
a seven-game series potentially, you at least got to get one just to show face. Like, how do you, how do you even get a check? I feel like if you can't win one game, but it's all good, you know. That's right. They gone, fellas. They're gone. LeBron and crew are going to place the Celtics. They're going to play the Celtics uh, Monday, Saturday, one of those days. So uh, that should be solid. Um, other than that, in the NBA, same old, same old. You know, we got to worry about uh, what's happening with Houston and Golden State. That's going to be a series to watch. It's cool that uh, Chris Paul finally made it to the Western Conference Finals. So, um, especially because he's been in the league as long as LeBron's been in the league, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah, that dude deserves that. So, good on him. Um, let's see. Speaking of uh, speaking of black stuff, Childish Gambino dropped a new video. Uh, this is America. A lot of people thought that, jo that joint was real dope. Solid. The video's great. Video's great. Uh, the song, sure. That's that's how I can call the song. The song is, yeah, why not? The song's not good. Uh, the video's good. The video's amazing. Uh, the director of uh, Atlanta, Hero Mirai, he directed the video. Uh, it's a lot of symbolism in the video about like racism, of course, slavery, blackface. The list goes on and on and on, right? Um, what is most interesting is uh, how people are just finding out about like this type of symbolism. Not necessarily like white folks, but black folks too. Like they're making it seem like they've never heard of blackface before. Like, do you do you never ever do research? Like, I don't understand like why this is like breaking news. Like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. Did you know that they were doing this to black people? Yes. It sounds about right. It sounds very on brand for what white folks did to black people forever. Like, it wasn't like a big deal stuff that I read. Um, I'm not one of those guys going to read a lot into that stuff. Like, as far as like, I'm not going to read every single article. Because then you start getting into like, uh, you got people who are start doing like hate speech and like uh, just anger mongering. Like, the stuff that happens is terrible. But like, you don't want to get that into your head too much. Because then you go out into the world like upset all the time. Cause I got friends who are that way. That's how I know. Uh, say this. Uh, he was great on SNL. Um, I love the uh, the Friendos uh, sketch. I thought it was really well done. Um, so shout out to uh, Donald Glover and Keenan and other black dude. Cause I don't know his name, but he did. It was good. It was funny. I laughed out loud. Uh, I think twice. So. That is uh, pretty good. That's a uh, solid for me. Um, the only thing that's annoying is this. <clears throat> as soon as uh, the video came out, everybody is like, oh, this, great. this video is so great. It definitely represents 
uh, what it's like to be black in America. It definitely symbolizes everything that's going on in America right now, etc., etc. Until they get to this part. I don't know what it is about the internet, but I feel like internet time. So <clears throat> if something happens on the internet, and like let's say five internet minutes is probably like maybe let's say an hour on it, an hour in real life, right? Because as soon as something hits the internet, it's everywhere, right? It's gonna be everywhere on the planet within an hour. Just because like stuff goes viral real quick. So the video dropped um, probably Monday, I would say. Sunday, Monday, somewhere in that ballpark. By Tuesday morning, all you saw was how can Childish Gambino call himself black if he has a white wife, he has a white partner. What? What? What the, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? There's never been a time like... What the fuck? That's stupid as shit. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm reading some of the things on Twitter. <clears throat> Here's one I found I thought was very interesting. I'm going to pull it up for you. Because I was like, these, these niggas are on some shit. Somebody put, hashtag, this is America. Watching the video thinking how Donald Glover would never be in the position of a true black man. He would never face half the struggle that we do at night. He goes to a multi-million dollar house. And in the morning, he kisses his white wife goodbye. Somebody put this up on May the 6th. So, yeah. That was five days ago. <clears throat> so, this is this is my question. Uh, person who... I won't name your Twitter handle. How does that take away any of his black struggle? It doesn't matter if he's in a multi-million dollar house. Or if he's in like a $10,000 trailer. Once you wake up black, you're going to be black. Like, it doesn't, also doesn't matter who stays in your bed. If it's like a white chick, Asian chick, Indian, who cares? Mexican, whatever. You still have the same black struggle. It's just you have somebody with you who gets to watch you struggle, essentially. Not watch you struggle, but they're struggling with you. Like, that's just, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then, like, you see, they're like, uh, all these people on Facebook who talk about, like, oh, how's that? Uh, all these black men are in it with white women. What? Don't be, don't be stupid here. It's not like you're specifically going out to look for somebody of the other race. And if you are, that's fine too. Grant doesn't give a shit. Okay? Because I'll date whoever. I like all type of folks. Alright? How's that sound? But I just think it's so stupid. It's like to be a quote-unquote real black man, you have to date a black woman. How about you uh, find somebody who likes you and then you try to make a relationship. Don't base it off of like what race they are. Because that's a word that we like to call prejudice. And the one thing that black folks don't like and all folks don't like is prejudice towards us because of our race. Now, isn't it interesting that we can do that? Like, it's just, I don't know, it's the dumbest thing. Like, I'll see, uh, there were some other Twitter ones that got kind of rough. Like, the same people who were, like, talking about Gambino and, like, uh, how great the song was. Some people even went as far as to say that he, uh, had put Kanye in his place, quote-unquote. How? How did he put Kanye in his place? They both wake up as black men in the United States of America. Both of them have black parents who grew up during the civil rights era. How? It's a stop being stupid here. Like, everything is calculated. Like, I was up here, I was looking at, I'll read some of the tweets out. And 
you guys definitely hit hit me back if you want to respond to any of these. So here's one. Somebody said, uh, this is a, okay, here we go. I like this one. Somebody said, I'm tired of you fake, quote, unquote, woke people that keep commenting O'Donnell Glover slash Childish Gambino is pro-black, but ain't it funny how he has a white wife? Quote, unquote, like, shut the hell up. So that person, solid. They were definitely like, what's the purpose of it mattering? That's the same sentiment I have. And then uh, somebody said, why are you tired of this? And then the response was, because it doesn't make any sense. You're saying you can't be pro-black because his love because his love is a different race. Yeah. Like, I don't see the issue either. Um, I don't know. And then somebody had a, another little whatever response. said, people who got a problem with Childish Gambino think there's more than two genders. All right. I don't, I don't even know. Wh- who, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Let's, let's get rid of this guy. What? I don't even know what you were trying to do. Um, <clears throat> I love this one. Um, this is from a, a sister. Shout out to the sisters. All black girls aren't this way, but I've seen this one a number of times. Donald Glover made an impactful video that raised awareness about historical racial issues blacks have faced in America. Then he drove home and climbed into bed with his white wife, kissed her on the cheek, thanking God his kids are only half black. Who are these niggas? Like... You remember as a kid, you grow up, they say, hey, love everybody. Love everybody. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. I guess you can love everybody as long as they look like you. That's what it seems like. Because it's, the thing that's amazing about celebrities, uh, celebrities, their life is like under such a huge microscope. Like, if you think about your one of your closest friends or whatever, because all my friends are pretty much different races, right? All my friends are... Uh, very dynamic individuals, I would say. Like, they date different races. Um, they volunteer. I got friends who are gay, trans, bi. That's the whole spectrum of my friends. Like, every group is represented in my friend group. And I'm, I'm like, genuinely proud that, like, uh, my friends are an open group. Um, but I, I just understand, like, I get the whole, I get being pro-black. I get that. I just don't understand, like, what part of being pro-black says that you hate others for who they love? Why are you mad at somebody for what they choose to do in their life? Like, every day I wake up as Grant Sheffield. I never wake up as Donald Glover. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this for this guy. Like, I'm going to make sure that I'm... You're, you're not that guy. You can't tell him what to do. You can't tell somebody who to love or whatever. Like, this is like an episode of uh, Atlanta. Thank you. Like, the episode of Atlanta where uh, Lakeith Stanfield, a.k.a. Darius, goes into the store. He sees a Make America Great Again hat. He X's it out with red market, and it says, You mad, bro. That's what this is. Every time I see that, I want to get that picture and put it as a comment whenever I see like this BS about like him going home to a white wife. How about he went home to somebody who loves him and has struggled with him for years, or somebody who has watched him stay up until... Four, five, six o'clock in the morning, writing scripts or writing jokes or writing songs or in the studio. That's the thing that people miss. They're so quick to look at the color, they don't think about like the person. Like, where is your integrity? How is it that you can judge somebody because of who they love? 
Like me, I'm a super single guy. I'll date anybody, all right? And it's not like, a, like I don't care about the r whole race thing. I just want to know, are you a good person? You got all your teeth? All right, that's that's mainly true, though. All right, like, are you a good person? Uh, will my parents like you? <clears throat> will my family like you? Um, are you somebody I think could go the distance with me? Like, of course, doing stand-up. Uh, not really a lot of time to do the whole dating thing. But if I was going to date, there's going to be somebody who's going to be like, listen, I'm not going to be able to be there to hold your hand every single night. Not that you need that, but I'm not going to be able to be like, oh, let's, uh, let's go to dinner three nights a week. That's, that's not going to be something I can do. I know that. Um, but if there's somebody who's like, listen, I got my own thing going on. You got your own thing going on. But when we're together, it's perfect. That's what most guys I would say are looking for. A solid balance. Career and like life, right? If you go back to these little stupid tweets, let's see what else we got in here. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Here we go. So the girl got upset, the tweet from earlier where she was saying that about the uh, climbing in bed, kissing the white wife bullshit. Um, somebody said, didn't realize saying marrying black is anti-white. Somebody responds, so why mention that his wife isn't black? She responds, like a dumbass, I'm sorry, like a dumb fuck, because he's not pro-black. What? How? Did you, did you, I don't know. The video, the video that you thought was great, that you were just praising in the first two lines of your paragraph, and then the last two lines you started destroying him because of who he chose to love. What, who are these monsters, right? Like, I just don't get it. It's the dumbest thing ever. Like, I don't understand these not quite woke individuals. Like, I don't know. I hate, I hate the phrase woke. Every, everybody's woke, right? Everybody's woke, but nobody will vote. How's that? Like, it's the dumbest. I don't know. You know what? Let's just do this. LeBron James. LeBron James. Oh, I feel so much better right now. Thank you, LeBron James kid. But yeah. Uh, so I was watching, speaking of Atlanta, I was watching uh, an interview <clears throat> with uh, Byron Tyree. He is uh, Alfred a.k.a. Paperboy on Atlanta. Um, he is from Fayetteville, North Carolina, right? So I used to live in Fayetteville for many moons, I would say. Um, so he's from Fayetteville, born and raised there. Um, he's on Atlanta's Paperboy, okay? So they're interviewing him, I think, on the Wall Street Journal's, like, uh, they have, like, a YouTube uh, series or something like that. He was up there, and uh, very... Uh, very astute observations he was making. Like they were asking him about, you know, it's like, oh, what's it like to be on Atlanta and all that. And he was just saying, well, uh, what's important for that show is that we can show people what Atlanta is and make people feel like they have lived in Atlanta or they grew up in Atlanta. They can relate to those characters. And it's definitely true, right? Uh, if you've been to Atlanta, there are a lot of places in the show. Like, oh, there's Crystal. Like, that's a place that people go and eat fried chicken because, you know, it's fantastic. Um... But they go on and they're asking him about like school. A lot of times people are like try to lump black folks into like the same category. Like there's only one black dude. That's I'm getting to a to a bigger point here. All right. They like to lump black people into like one category. You can only be this type of black person. 
as dynamic as black people are. Very, very dynamic race, right? So a lot of people don't know, but he went to Yale. He got classically trained in drama. Like, he's an amazing actor. And he was talking about how uh, it was a lot of people of color who were, like, writing their own plays, directing plays. They were uh, pretty much doing all the video, all the editing, at a time where a lot of people didn't think that was a thing that was happening at Yale. So, like, stuff like that is fascinating because, like, you hear this guy talk, and the thing that's great about, like, an actor is, like, You'll watch them on the show, and then you'll watch an interview. Completely different person. That's that's just great to me. Like, obviously they're actors. That's the whole that's the whole bit. Um, just like the dude from House, Hugh Laurie. For years, I thought that dude was just like a regular white dude. I didn't know he's British. I didn't know that. And then I started like watching more and more TV. Come to find out, everybody who's an actor is also British. All right, but it's, it's fine. We're back to Atlanta. So. He starts talking about Yale, right? And this is something about uh, the whole Yale thing. I'm going to pull it right. There's an article about this uh, grad student <clears throat> at Yale. Uh, somebody called the police on her. Black young lady, probably around 33, 34. I was reading the article the other day. And let's see if I can find it here. Let's go to oh Google. Oh, looks like that was a school shooting in California. This is America. Thank you. Let's go here. Um, let's go to Yale. And let's do news. Okay. Black student fell asleep in her dorm's common room. A white student called the police. Right? So let me read this article out. <clears throat> I, I don't know. It just gets annoying. Like, just not... It just gets annoying. Like, you hear this stuff, like, every day. All right, so this girl, she's a 34-year-old woman. She, of course, is at Yale. She's a grad student. So grad school, not an easy gig. You're always studying. Okay, so my mom washes the dishes. Girl, if you don't shut up about dishes. All right, sorry, that was an ad. All right, <clears throat> the black student, Lolade Siano Bola. I know I destroy her name. Post two videos of her encounter on Facebook. They got thousands of comments. Pretty much she was in the video. She was saying that she deserved to be there. That she pays her tuition just like everybody else. Which is definitely true, right? <clears throat> she lives in this dorm. Okay? Well, this uh, graduate dorm. So, graduate dorm just like any other dorm. They still set up the same way. Got four rooms. Got a common area. So, she's asleep in the common area. Girl sees her. Calls the police. Police then show up, ask her for her ID. She doesn't have her ID on her because if you're sleeping in your living room, you're probably not going to be holding your ID in your, in your back pocket, right? Why would you? So she goes, she grabs her uh, the key card to her bedroom, opens the door, unlocks this door, shows the police she lives there. They still wanted her ID. I don't get it. Like, if the police break into my place, which hopefully this never, ever happened, if they break into my place and ask me for my ID, I would just be like, I would just take them to my Netflix. I was like, you see that guy's name? That's who I am. All right? Like, I'm not going to go and get my driver's license in a place that I pay rent. This is your first time here. You're a guest, an uninvited guest, no less. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. It's stupid. 
Um, but yeah, so she's in Yale. She's 34 years old, grad student in African studies. All right. Show the police she lived there. The police still want to see ID. So she put the video up on uh, Facebook, got a lot of views or whatever. And like, I don't know, dude. Like, I guess this whole week has been annoying. Like, you go from, I don't know. There are people who are like tearing down Kanye. And then they're uh, up uplifting Childish Gambino for the video. And then guess what they do? Ah, oh, let's go tear him. Let's go tear him down. Let's tear him down too. So they go tear him down. And then um, this thing happens with the grad student. Uh, and let's make no mistake. This isn't like a rare occurrence, this thing. Like, this happens every single day. It doesn't get media spotlight in certain places. Um, just know that Just know that news is very calculated, all right? <clears throat> so when you watch the news, you watch 24-hour uh, news like CNN or whatever you might watch. It's 24-hour news, right? So that means they're getting in boatloads of information. They have to figure out what's going to be like the most controversial, blah, blah, blah. What's going to attach to the agenda of the media company that you're watching? Don't think you're listening or watching unbiased news. Like, there's always, there's always going to be some spin in there. Um, I don't know. Let's just, here we go. Let's just do this. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them. Yep. Gun violence. It's another thing we don't like to talk about in the black community. Uh, this is something that was interesting. When the, uh, when the school shooting happened in Florida, um, there was a... I want to put this the right way. There was a thing that happened where the black students who were um, at that school feel like they didn't have any representation. And that was, that was very interesting to me because it was like, in, in defense of the black students who made like a statement, they were just saying essentially that they also like felt hurt. They also felt grief for their classmates that had passed away, but yet they didn't make it onto the main stage like to express how they felt and which seemed true. Uh, it was pretty much spearheaded <clears throat> by uh, the young Cuban uh, teenager. She did an awesome job of like kind of talking about like got to get rid of like uh, these huge guns and AR-15s and all that. They did a great job of that. Um, that was an interesting point though that there was no representation of like black teenagers in that whole situation. Not that it necessarily... I'm not going to say it, didn't, it needed to be or not needed to be, but it is interesting. Like, it doesn't, whatever the tragedy might be, uh, I feel like there should be representation of everybody if they choose to uh, want to be out there and, and tell their story, right? Um, I feel like there was that movement with a young lady who did an awesome job on all social media, like bringing attention to this. Um, of course, like I said, she's Cuban American. Um, I think she also said that she was uh, bisexual or pansexual. So that's big for like the LGBTQ community that like 
I don't know. I mean it in a good way. It's probably coming out terribly. But um, I definitely felt like um, that was an interesting point that they didn't feel uh, represented in that movement. Like, because at first when I read it, I was like, I was like, I don't know what this means. This doesn't, I don't understand. And then I was kind of thought about it. I was like, oh, well, yeah, that, that makes sense too. But that's just the thing about like, uh, anytime you're watching news, there's always going to be like some spin and there's like always something that's going on. Um, let's see what else is going on in the world. I don't really have a, have a lot as far as like me, you know, I just had, oh, that's what we can do. I had the, uh, the show in Asheville. That was, uh, that was cool, man. Asheville was cool. I went on a hike, um, because, uh, believe it or not, black people can do anything. The, the whole, uh, quote, unquote, niggas don't do that, quote, is the dumbest shit ever. Like, why, why is it that black people can't do everything? Like, I don't get it. Like, do we all have to be like drug dealers and rappers? Can we choose to do something else? There's nothing wrong with being like a rapper, of course. There's a lot wrong with being a drug dealer. Just want to set that straight but <clears throat> went on a hike that was cool i hadn't been on a hike in uh a number of years probably four or five years probably more than that actually in Asheville. um so that was cool got to hang out with uh with troy and shoddy so shout out to oak city comedy festival it's coming up in two weeks i am on shows on the 23rd the 24th here we go. I gotta look at the schedule. I'm terrible with remembering stuff. The 23rd, I'm at Good Nights, 8:30. The 24th, I am at uh, Emerge hosting for Jay Bliss. That's starting at 10 o'clock. I'm hosting that show. Then Friday, the 25th, I'm on the Oak City Comedy Festival showcase at Neptune's, and I'm hosting that one. So a lot of great comments gonna be there. Uh, but back to um, Asheville. Asheville was cool. Uh, we were told we do 15 to 20 minutes. I think I did like 22, 23 minutes. So that was pretty solid. It felt good to uh, stretch again because, you know, one day in the near future, I won't be doing these sets that are longer than three or five minutes. So you got to get it while you can. Because one day it's not going to be there. It's going to be like, oh, here's a three minute set. Oh, here's a three minute set. Oh, guess what? Another three minute set. But that's fine. That's the game. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the, it was good being in Asheville. I had some pretty good food. Uh, let's see what else happened. I think I uh, had good food there. Then we came back from Asheville, and it was raining heavily, like in like Winston and Greensboro and all that trash. Um got back on the couch and I took a nap for a few hours. Then I went to work the next day, just as it would be planned that I had to work after driving three and a half hours. Um, but yeah, it was a solid, it was a good show. Shout out to uh, Melissa Hahn for that. She runs a great room down there in uh, Asheville. If you ever stopping through that way at the, uh, the Southern kitchen, really, really good. Um, other than that, pretty much open mics. I've been hitting those, like, not four or five times a week, but, like, all right, I'll hit one, like, on, like, a Monday, hit one, like, on Wednesday, just because, like, I'm not going to keep staying out to, like, two, three o'clock in the morning, night after night, if I also have to go to work 
and close every night. It's like I got to have some energy for uh, what pays me money constantly. Not that I'm like quitting on stand-up, but it's like, you know, you got to be a person. Um, let's see. Brooklyn Nine-Nine got canceled. So that sucks for uh, one of the guests who was on the show. Uh, I watched the show a few episodes. It was, yeah, it was fine. I laughed. I thought it was funny. Um, I'm not the biggest Andy Samberg fan. I think he's okay. I don't think he's like as amazing as SNL uh, propped him up to be. But I think he's okay. He doesn't make me laugh, but that's fine. Um, let's see what else. Just scrolling through the news here. Oh, this is uh, something that just popped up. Woman says she called police when black Airbnb guests didn't wave at her. What? Are you... If, if that was the case, I would be in jail so much. Here we go. Here's the, here's the video. Let's see what they're talking about. Internet's kind of slow, so, you know. That, you know the commercials and shit? From the first moment you met? Let's mute the commercials. I'll just talk through the commercials. This whole thing is a long-running commercial, the whole podcast. Uh, I'll just read it because it's taking a while. <clears throat> uh, three black Airbnb guests checked out of their rental only to be met by seven police cars. Seven police cars? Do you know that for every police car, there comes two white men in tow? Like, that's 14. That's too, way too many people. All right, here we go. Let's see what A woman in California says she and her four friends were packing up and leaving the Airbnb they had rented when they were swarmed by cop cars. A neighbor had reported them thinking they were stealing stuff, that they were burglars, not renters. And she says that she feels that race may have played a role. Literally, can't leave. Pulled out of the car. I don't do Instagram live, but the police are mad. This is crazy. This is Rialto, California, east of L.A. And it happened last week, and the woman says that officers ordered them to put their hands in the air and told them that a helicopter was tracking them, too, she said. A part of me wanted to be like, told them to put their hands in the air and wave them like they just don't care. All right, I'm sorry. And she says to complicate it even more... When they talked about Airbnb, she says one officer didn't know what it was. Then there's like three black people stealing stuff. Stealing stuff? Yeah. Like breaking into the house and taking it. No, we're taking our suitcases out of the house. Right. They said like luggage and stuff. So this one cop who's uh, talking to the young lady right now happens to be a black cop. Hard job. All right. Uh, But this is interesting. Authorities say that women were never put in restraints and were allowed to contact the owner of the home to help clear things up. And they say that the women were released without incident. Now, what about this? Airbnb says it apologized to the women, adding that what happened was unconscionable. And a reminder, it says, of how far we still have to go as... Okay, Airbnb, I see you. Shout out to y'all. They say what happened to our guests is uncomfortable and a reminder of how far we still have to go as society. I don't know if that's picking up in the audio or not, so I just read it. Sorry if you already heard it. Um, I like the little tagline they put up here. So, <clears throat> you know how they have, like, the breaking news thing? It says, women sworn by police after leaving Airbnb rental. Underneath that, in smaller lettering, it says... The women claim 
their race played a role. The, the words that you use uh, are so indicative of how you feel about a thing, right? Uh, the word claim, t it takes away um, any sense that you believe what someone's saying is correct. It's just true. That's just what the word is. Because a claim isn't necessarily uh, based on fact. But <clears throat> these women, they got called. The cops got called on them because they were black at an Airbnb. And they didn't quote unquote wave at a white lady. You remember like in the 1920s where like black dudes would get hung for like waving or whistling or being on the same side of the road. These these black women paid to stay in this place. And they and they didn't wave at strangers. And the police showed up. We out.